Lord Jesus, I pray that this morning as we open your word, that you would truly remind us, as Pastor Moses just sang, to praise you, to give you praise in all things, in all situations, under every circumstance. May our hearts praise your name, Lord, and give glory to you. Lord, I thank you for your blessings of this Sabbath worship already, that you continue to speak to our hearts in your name. Amen. This morning I want to talk to you about being rich. Being rich. Now if I were to ask you, if I were to ask most of you if you were rich, you would most likely say what? No. Well, oh, a few of you. Good. Good. The vast majority of us, though, if someone came up to us and said, man, you're really rich, most of us would say, no, no. Someone would ask me if I were rich, my inclination would probably be to say no. My natural inclination would be to say, no, I'm not rich. But the reality is, is, is that many of us, in fact, most of us, almost all of us are rich, but we don't realize it. We don't really realize it. The reason we don't recognize we are rich is because we don't know where the rich line is at. We don't really know where, where the rich line is drawn. There is always more to have. There is there is more for us to want. There is more for us to consume. So that rich line is always moving. If you asked me if I were rich, I would probably pause and think about all the people I knew that were richer than me, and I would say, no, I'm not, I'm not really rich. If you were asking me if I was rich, I'd probably start to think about the bills that I have to pay. Any of you have to pay bills? Never think to yourself, man, if I just had a little more money. Have you ever had one of those, those moments? Any of you tempted to buy a Powerball ticket? Any of you buy a Powerball? We'd say, no, we're not really rich because the rich line is unknown. So few people in this country actually consider themselves rich. Very few people actually consider themselves rich. I like to read finance books and finance magazines. You know, if you don't use certain uh, awards points with your uh, Flyer Miles, they send you magazines, or you can subscribe to magazines, use your points in that way. So I've subscribed to Fortune Magazine, and I enjoy paying attention to the stock market and some of these things. And, and a lot of what I read and a lot of what I look at talks about how to get rich, how to get rich. Over my next couple sermons, though, I don't want to talk to you about how to get rich. I want us to talk about how to be rich. In other words, how to be rich in a way that honors God. If you'll open your Bibles to the text we just read, 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning in verse 17. 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning in verse 17. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Let's pause real quick there and say that if God has given you things and God has blessed you with abundance and God has blessed you with certain possessions, there's nothing wrong with enjoying those. As long as it's not done in a haughty manner, as, not, as long as your hopes are not set in those things, as long as your, your glory is not in those things, but to enjoy them is not a bad thing, the Bible says. They are, though, to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. 
Timothy, according to this text, Paul is teaching Timothy, and according to this text, he is not to tell people how to get rich, but he's telling them how to be rich in the present age. How are you to be rich in this present age? And so I want to talk to you about that. How are we to be rich in a way that honors God? Now, you may be thinking to yourself, Chad, you keep saying the word rich, but I am not rich. I don't feel rich. I don't look rich. I don't live rich. Well, again, most people don't think they are rich because rich is a moving target. It's a moving line. It is never static. Gallup, Gallup polling, Lerone's old boss, they did a, a, a survey, they did a poll in which they asked people who made $30,000 or less how much they would need to make in order to feel rich or to be rich. How much would you... How much would you need to make in order to feel rich? Well, those who made $30,000 or less, the average answer said if they made $74,000, they would feel rich. They would, they would be rich. Yet I would dare, dare say that there are some of us in this room, there are some of those in this room that make more than $74,000 and you probably don't feel very rich. Why? Because rich is a moving target. It's a moving line. It's not static. So Gallup then asked people who made $50,000 how much they would need in order to feel rich. How much would you need in order to feel rich? People that made $50,000. The average answer for, for people making $50,000 a year, they said that if they could have a combined household income of $100,000, then they would feel and they would be rich. I grew up in a family that had a combined household income north of $100,000, yet after taxes and after uh, paying for three kids to go through private school and after housing in Southern California, I know that I didn't feel rich, and I can guarantee you that my parents did not feel rich. Why? Because rich is not a static line. It is a moving target. It's never stationary. The survey then asked, the survey then asked some of the top income earners in our society how much they would need in order to feel rich. So, so people making around a million dollars a year, how much they would need in order to feel rich. Their answer was, I'm already rich. No, actually it wasn't. Their answer was not that. They said that in order for me to feel rich, I would need to have about $5 million worth in assets. Then they would be rich. And we would say to them, at $5 million, you are rich. But think about that. That means the people that make $4 million would say, you know what, I don't really feel rich. The people that make $3 million would say, you know, I don't, I don't, really, I don't really feel rich. The people that make $2 million, I don't, a million dollars a year. I mean, some of you may be able to comprehend that. I cannot comprehend that. I'm still waiting to get to 100000 a year or something like that. Any, any of my bosses in here, is that ever going to happen? No, I don't think so. Folks, why do those making a million dollars a year not feel rich? Because rich is a moving target. You see the problem? If we don't feel rich, we will never learn how to act rich, never realizing that we actually are rich, and thus never learning how to be rich in a way that honors God. If we always think rich is far beyond us, then we're always going to be striving for the next thing. The first thing we must do the first thing we must, do, must recognize in order to be rich in a way that honors God is to realize that we already are 
rich. That is the good news I want to share with all of you today, that all of you are rich. Don't you feel better? Now you can leave here, peace of mind. No more worries about bills. No more worries about anything. You all are rich. Man, thanks, Pastor. Get on. Walk out the door. We are rich, folks. You are rich. I am rich. We are rich because we have blessings, the blessings that we have, the opportunities that we have. Just being in this country, we are rich. In this country, we have rich people opportunities. Education for our children. Education for, 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 for many of us to, to have private education within this society. Even the thank offering that we got, those who, who are not able to, to themselves fully pay for, to go to our academy, Spencerville Adventist Academy, the church and the school both assist in helping people go. These are opportunities that don't exist in all other places. The possibility for advancement, whoever you are and whatever situation you come from, you have an opportunity to advance within this society. That's a rich opportunity. Now saying this, I don't wanna, I don't wanna diminish the reality that there are people that have financial struggles, that there are times that we have financial struggles. A divorce has left you financially in a quandary. Being a single parent has left you, has left you financially strapped. A, a major medical crisis has attacked your bank account. Getting laid off a job has, has definitely hurt the flow of money in your house. But in the midst of that, when we overall look at our lives, when we overall look at our lives through the eyes of most of this world, we need to understand and we need to recognize and we also need to embrace and accept the reality that we are rich. See, part of being rich in a way that honors God is learning to be content. Turn to Ephesians chapter four in the Bible. Ephesians chapter four, another writing of Paul. If you struggle with finding it, Galatians, Ephesians, or Philippians chapter four, not Ephesians, sorry, Philippians chapter four. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, go eat pizza. If you can't ever find it, just remember that. Go eat pizza. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 11. Not that I have, uh, am speaking of being in need. This is Paul writing. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some of you, that, that is a famous passage for some of you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I see it at sporting events. Uh, Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I was talking to Dwayne Boyer in the foyer uh, before uh, this service, in between uh, first and second service. He was saying he's seen kids write it at the top of their tests. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This has nothing to do with that, folks. This text is actually about in the context of what we have or don't have. It's actually in the context of possessions, in the context of our situation of our life. And what Paul is saying is when I've had an abundance, 
I'm content. When I've had nothing, I'm content. When my belly's full, I'm content. When my belly's empty, I'm content. When I'm dry from the rain, I'm content. When I'm out in the cold and the wet, I'm content. I have learned in all things to do, to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, I've learned to be content no matter what my situation is. Part of being a rich in a way that honors God is learning to be content. It is to appreciate not only what we have, but also to appreciate what we don't have. Our society, though, drives us towards more, more, and more. Why? Because rich is a moving target. When the reality is, we are already very rich. Both spiritually and even physically and monetarily. Look at us through the eyes of someone in a third world country. They may say this. Some people are so rich, they drive a car. How many of you were in a car this morning? Whether you were driving yourself or your spouse was driving you. That only 20 of you were in a car? Come on. Let's just get some exercise. Let's be Pentecostal for a second, okay? Thank you. Folks. Did you know that only 3% of the world has a car? And we're rich. And not only do you have one car, but let's raise two hands if we have two cars. <laughs> Can we lift a foot for three? Anyone? No? I used to have three cars. Now I'm so poor, I only have two. What's going on? People would say, man, they're rich. They have a car. And you know what? I live in a tent and in a, and in a mud hut. But these people have, have houses for their cars that they call a garage. And do you know why they have houses for their cars? So they can protect them from things called the elements, like pollen and dust <laughs> and rain. Don't leave my, and snow, yes. We cleaned out our garage just a couple weeks ago so that we could park our cars in the garage because we're so rich, we're too good to go outside in the cold. I don't want to have to go out there in the snow and shovel my car. I want to be in my garage. Some people are so rich, some people are so rich that they have three houses for, three houses for their cars. Two for their cars and one for all their stuff that they call junk. I mean, imagine how the rest of the world looks at us. You know what else? Some people are so rich. They go places where they pay people to make their food. And if it is not fast enough, if it is not warm enough, if it has a bug in it, they get it for free. They don't even eat their bugs, folks. They're so rich. Can you believe that? And then there's more people that eat more than, their need, than they need, and they're called fat rich. Sorry if that's offensive to anybody. And after church, some of these people will eat so much, even their eyes can't stay open, and they'll participate in lay activities. <laughs> and guess what? After they have this thing to drink called clean we know 
that there's a place in our country that needs some clean water, and we should pray for that place. But clean water, think about it. So few people. I mean, we're stressed out about one city not having clean water. When the majority of the third world does not have clean water. How many of you bought a bottle of water this week? Just, just raise your hand. Me too. I bought a couple. Some people are so rich that they have these things called closets. Man, have you ever heard of a closet? Not a water closet for going to the bathroom. A closet. An entirely separate room that they walk into. These are called walk-in closets. And these walk-in closets are filled with clothes. And, and really rich people do this really weird thing. They go into their closets on Sabbath morning or before they go to work, and they walk around the whole closet, and they touch all of their clothes, and then they say, I have nothing to wear. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we are rich. Now, when I told you that we were rich, I didn't see anyone wiping their brows in relief. Wow, glad I'm, Pastor, I'm so glad you told me that. Now I can, I can have some relief in my life. We don't do that because we don't feel rich. And why don't we feel rich? Could it be that the reason we don't feel rich is because we've bought into another little thing within our society called consumption? Everything that God has given us and that is and that we have, we have seen it to be used to consume. And that actually isn't rich. That is how to be selfish. And maybe the reason we are consumers and thus selfish is because we are not content. Isn't this what Paul warns us about? Back to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Now to verse 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 through verse 10. Notice what Paul says. Now there is great gain, gain, so that's advancement, in godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. Food and clothing, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Pierced themselves with many pangs. Notice what Paul says. Paul says that the desire to be rich has led many people to stray. It is easy sometimes, folks, for those that have less money to look at people are rich, that are rich with a very judgmental attitude, with a very condemning attitude. But the Bible tells us very clearly that, that it's, not, it's not riches that are the problem, it's the desire to be rich. And Paul wants us to further understand this desire. He says there, as we just read, it is the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money. Money is not the root of all kinds of evil. Money can do abundant, uh, an abundance of good. But it's the love of money that, that, that leads to all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that many have come to ruin and wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. 
Money and riches are not evil. All you have to do is look at Ecclesiastes chapter five and verse 19. The Bible tells us, everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept this lot, his lot and rejoice in this toil, this is the gift of God. The Bible says that, that if you have stuff, if, you have, if God's blessed you, as long as you're not doing, as long as it's not been a desire to pursue those things and as long as your, your joy and your contentment is not in those things, then there's nothing wrong with having them. There's nothing wrong with even enjoying them. But what is wrong is not being content. And a lack of contentment gets us into trouble. It causes us to be greater consumers. Our lack of contentment is what causes us to consume more and more and more. My first job out of college was as the assistant chaplain at Southern Adventist University. And I only worked there for for 10 months. And after taxes, I made about $22,000. And even just saying that now, I think to myself, how did I live on $22,000? But at the time, I thought, man, $22,000. You know, when you've been in college and you're making, you know, two thirteen an hour working at a restaurant and getting 25 bucks in tips or whatever it is, $22,000 in 10 months seems like a lot of money. And so I had this $22,000. Now, not recognizing that just having that money was a good thing and my needs were met and all those things, I felt that I needed to be rich in other things as well. I was not content. And so my lack of contentment led me to make one of the worst mistakes financially that I have ever made. You see, just before I got this job as an assistant chaplain, I was living in this dive, I mean, this, this, this basement apartment with very small windows. It, it, it always felt a little damp and, uh, and, and musty. I could guarantee that the bathroom would, would flood at least once a year, probably more times than that, and that the toilet and sometimes even the shower drain would not function properly when there was a major rain. Sometimes I would open the, the shower uh, door Open the shower door and I'd see dirt on the, on the shower floor and I'd realize that, that everything was not working out. Or, or after a major rain, you'd, you'd flush the toilet and, and dirt would come up. I mean, it was just, it was, a, it was a craziness. And so I'd have to go to other people's houses to, to take a shower. In the summers, I would be a little sweaty. In the winters, I would be a, have, have some goosebumps. But my rent, when I had a roommate, was $170. And even when I didn't have a roommate, it was still only $340. I had no other bills. I had no phone. Kids, this was before I had cell phones. Do kids understand there was a day before there were cell phones? I had no phone bill, no water bill, no trash bill, no utilities. It was one mile, less than one mile from the school. Sometimes I would walk to Southern. I even had free ESPN. Some of you do not have a proper appreciation for free ESPN. But it was a basement apartment, and now I was making $22,000 for the year. I couldn't be content in such a place. And I needed my own place. I didn't need to have a roommate anymore. So I did the dumbest thing. I moved out of that basement apartment, and I moved into a cute house. I chose this, this house. It was yellow, partly because Christina liked yellow, and at the time I wanted to impress Christina. That Never get a house color just because of that dumb move. Because the thing was, is because it was so far outside of Southern, Christina never even came to the house. She's like, why don't you meet me at Southern and we'll go from there. But I moved in this house and you can guess what happened. Suddenly I had a higher rent plus a deposit. Who had ever heard of a deposit? I never heard of a deposit. I had a deposit and I had a phone bill 
I had a phone bill because I was still in the old timer's mindset where you need a landline. But I thought, you know what? Now I'm out of college. I need a cell phone too. And so I had a landline phone bill and I had a cell phone phone bill. Now I had a water bill and, and trash bill and electric bill. I was now six miles outside of school, which the winding roads of Tennessee took a while to get there. And guess what? There was no free ESPN. Suddenly I didn't feel so rich, but I still wanted to live the way I always had. And so I got something else for the first time. What do you think I got? A credit card. My first credit card. Someone said internet. I'm not that old. I had an internet before. My first credit card. And so at the end of that year, I not only had a cute house, but I also had a not so cute debt of $6,000. And Christine and I got married and she came to the marriage debt-free. And I said, here's my gift. I'm going to graduate school. I need you to work to pay this off. $6,000. $6,000. Why? Because I was not content. And why was I not content? Because the rich line is a moving target. It's a moving target. Can anyone else testify that you don't have to have tons of literal money to be obsessed with money? It's not only the rich folk that are obsessed with money. It's the poor folk too. That first year of our marriage, we had many tense discussions because of money. What does the Bible say? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith. And, and this part really got me. And pierced them with many pangs. Pierced them with many pangs. Brothers and sisters, do you, do you want to be rich in a way that honors God? Do you want to be rich in a way that honors God? Then God calls us to be content to be content with what we have and where we're at. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse five says this, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Most of us think of that text within the context of of. of man, I'm going through a hard time or, or I'm sad or I'm depressed or whatever. The Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. And that's fine to use it in that context. But in the way that it's used in the book of Hebrews, it's in the context of money. Where Jesus says, where the Bible says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For remember, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So to be rich in a way that honors God is to be content in knowing that if nothing else, we have Jesus who will never leave us nor forsake us. Never leave us nor forsake us. I wanna invite you to pull out your connection cards at this time. How to be rich, part one, they're in your bulletins there. Hopefully you fill out the front of them. We'll collect these at the back door when you go. If you're looking for a church family, we'd love to be your church family. You can just indicate there on your card that, that, that you'd like to know more about that or you'd like to connect with one of us. If you've never been baptized and that's something that God's been laying on your heart, or you like baptismal studies, we'd love to do that with you. You can check that on the back side of the card there. If you'd like to volunteer in some area, we'd love to have that as well. 
But in regards specifically to this sermon, my response to today's sermon, the first one there is I understand that being rich is a moving target. Do we understand this? That being rich is a moving target. It's, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. When I had $22,000, I suddenly thought that was rich. But then once I got consuming, I thought this is not so rich. I need to make more money in life than this. And I remember then when Christina started coming home with her first nursing checks and I was in grad school and I thought, man, this is great. We're, we're making closer to 50000 This is great. But then as we bought a house and did some other things, I was like, man, now we need more money. Why? Because that rich line is always a moving target, right? We understand that. Secondly, I understand that money is not evil. Please don't leave here and say, Pastor Chad said money is evil. I don't think money is evil. Money can do so much good. And if God's blessed you with money and you're do, using it in a way that honors God, then God bless you. And, and, and I hope he blesses you with even more abundance. The next one, I desire to be rich in a manner that honors God. If you desire to be rich in a manner that honors God. How do we do this? Next one, Jesus, please take away my love of money and help me to be content. Please, Jesus, help me not to crave winning the Powerball so much next time it gets to whatever billion dollars it gets to. Jesus, please help me to be content with what I have. Help me not to love so much money that when I look at someone else that I say to myself, if I just had that, then I would be able to do this. Help me to be content with what I have. Jesus, please remind me that you will never leave me nor forsake me. How can I be content? How can I be content? Only as we remember that Jesus is always there for us and will provide as he sees fit in whatever way we need. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And then the last one there, if you want us to pray specifically for you, maybe there's something like this going on in your house. There are many pangs in my home over money. Please pray for us. You know, if there's stress in your house about money and you want someone to pray for you, please let us know and we'd be happy to pray for you. We've had those moments, I've had those moments in my home. I'm sure you've had some of those moments in your home. There's stress over that. But we want to be people that are rich. Rich in a way that honors God. And that begins by us being content and recognizing we already are rich because of the love and the grace of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the richness that you give to us. Thank you for your many blessings that you give to us. Some have an abundance of blessings monetarily, and we thank you for that. Others have less of that, and we thank you for that. Lord, help us to be content in whatever our situation, and help us to give glory and honor to you, and trust you to provide for all our needs, because you promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. In your name we pray, amen.